You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Hello, 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 podcast lovers. How are you all? I'm Natalie and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now, I am with a gorgeous woman. I'm actually really excited. Uh, She posted on Facebook just the other day that we were catching up together. A very good friend of mine. She is an accomplished author, speaker, blogger, film producer. Now she's embarking on a new line of study. She's my partner in crime over at Live Your Best Life. Please put your hands together for the incredible Susie Carr. Ah, you're always so welcoming. That is my my favorite part of listening to your podcast. One of my favorite parts. I'll say that one of my favorite parts because every part it seems to be favorite because you're amazing. But I do really enjoy I find it incredibly entertaining and happy. So happy. That voice of yours. The first thing welcome people onto your welcoming people onto your show. It brings a smile to my face and I'm sure to everybody else's face. And that's really important right now. It really, do you know what? It's, it's interesting and wonderful you say that because I did think about jazzing it up a bit and maybe changing how I do it. But I've always really enjoyed celebrating whoever I'm talking to. And, and it's nice to talk about accolades and then say, look, at you know, this is you. This is amazing. And, 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 and the literal round of applause. <laughs> So now I literally just mentioned, and I know you and I've spoken a few times before, you're now doing something new. I am. Tell everybody what you're up to. Well, I at 51, well, I will be 51 on, on Saturday, September 20th. You don't look it. I mean, Sunday, 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 (laughs) Sunday, September 20th. I'm going to be 51 years old and I have just started school again. Yay. Wow. I'm going to be, I'm a graduate student in in my master's program. And it's at UMBC, which is University of Maryland, Baltimore County, where I work. I've worked there for 13 years and I have eyed this particular program for 13 years. I have marketed it. I have done their events. I have done all of their video production. And I know the program inside and out from a marketing standpoint and from what it's capable of doing. And I find myself now at a crossroads where I needed a break from writing. I needed something new to challenge myself intellectually. And I also wanted to create another stream of income, potentially, eventually, in the future, once I graduate, that will allow me to do remote work. So if ever we get another pandemic, I will be able to continue working until I'm 110 years old. (laughs) Yeah. So the program is Learning and Performance Technology, which is, in a nutshell, really designing and developing and delivering classroom instruction, not necessarily, it can be for K through 12, it is not going to be, that's not my forte. It really is for corporations that are trying to train their employees or for people who are going through certification courses. I would be the one developing those certification courses or those training courses. And that's incredibly exciting to me because I love, I've always 
I've, I've always wanted to be that teacher inside, not a teacher of children. That's not, like I said, my forte, but I've always really enjoyed that kind of instructional type of work. And this has everything in it. It has, it has film production in it. If you, if you need, if you want it to be that, it has, has facilitated work in it. If I wanted to be that, it has my graphic design background, my use of technology. So I'm really excited and I'm loving it so far and I'm already finding ways to apply it into my current career at UMBC. So it's really super exciting. Oh, that is just magic to hear. And also the sparkle in your eyes when you were talking about it, the, the, the level of enthusiasm, you, you're radiating. It's absolutely, it's, you know, wonderful. So how is that working for you, Susie? Is it all remote then? Is that how it normally is or is this how it's been adapting? This particular program is UMBC's, uh, uh, the Division of Professional Studies where I work. It's one of the only professional programs that is completely online and has been from day one. So that appeals to me. I'm an online learner. I'm a distance learner. I love technology and I can learn just fine that way. And because I have such a wacky schedule, I rise <laughs> before the sun, before the sun <laughs> rises. Because of that, I cannot be in an online, I, I cannot be in an, in an in-person classroom till nine or 10 o'clock at night and maintain my sanity. So this is perfect for me. It's asynchronous, which means I can go at my own pace. I just get my assignments in when they're due. I can do it at two o'clock in the morning, which actually this morning it was 2.30. I was up doing my homework. No, because <laughs> it's, it's what time for you now? Half eight? Right now it is 8.45 a.m. Oh, but you were up early. <laughs> That's right. I've already done my exercise, done my homework, worked a little bit. I have, what have I done? I've, I've was in a meeting earlier, practicing a speech I'm giving on Saturday with Toastmasters. Wow. And here I am with you doing a podcast and it's not even nine o'clock in the morning yet. That's a, do you get tired later? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I began with this lockdown. I began taking a lunch hour where I take a nap. Oh, so yes, it's amazing. Brilliant. This is what happened when I went to Columbia, South America in December, 2019. Everybody takes naps there. They all come home for lunch. Everything closes down from 12 to two. Everybody goes to their family's house and has lunch and then they take a nap. And I got so used to that. I, like, I came home and I'm like, the first couple of months I had to go work at school because we were still open. And I was struggling because I was so used to having a nap. <laughs> but now I do. It's, it's very refreshing. By like 11 or 12 in the morning, uh, I will take a nap. And I'll get up and I'll feel like, all right, round two, let's go. And I'm good until six o'clock at night. That's, do you know, I'm right behind you. I, and if your body tells you it needs a little bit of a, you know, 10 minute power nap, whatever it is, 40 minutes, yeah. go with it. I've, yeah, absolutely. The working from home certainly helps that. I'm not sure how many people would get under their desk in the office <laughs> to have a nap. But I think, yeah, there's a lot to be said for it, particularly if we're working different hours, actually, to make things be productive, uh, you know, and get things achieved, which is amazing. Yes, I love that. It's, it's wonderful. And I usually use a, an app called Calm, C-A-L-L, whoops, C-A-L-M. And it, what it does is it kind of helps me to breathe and chill out and relax, relax my mind. And then within 10 minutes, I'm like, boom, I'm out <laughs> for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then I'm up and I'm like, woo, all right, let's do this. That's brilliant. Right. Okay. So you just mentioned about public speaking as well. How was that this morning? So what's going on there? Because you're a great speaker anyway, but you're at 
you're actively enhancing skills at the moment aren't you and honing them yeah so i joined an organization called toastmasters international and they have uh, chapters all over the world and there's one there's many chapters around me and i decided on this particular club because i liked the people i was a guest in many clubs you can go as a guest right now it's wonderful because everything's done on zoom so you can literally i can go to one in your neighborhood if i wanted to right now and just be a guest so i taste tested several of them and this was the one i decided upon and so we meet on saturdays twice a month for about an hour and a half and we schedule speeches for ourselves the whole point of toastmasters is well people have different goals but my goal is to become a better public speaker so i'm doing presentation mastery the pathway for that and Yes, I, I've, all right, so when I was in college, that was my undergraduate major, which is public speaking, uh, speech communications, but it's been many years since I've been in college. I can't even remember how many years, 25 maybe? I, I really don't remember. And so I've lost a lot of that and I never really used it professionally. And it's always been something that I've enjoyed. I really love being up in front of a crowd and speaking. And I love being able to learn things and share things. And so this kind of goes hand in hand with my graduate program because I do see myself facilitating some of these courses that I'm designing as an instructional designer one day. And so what this, what Toastmasters helps you to do is it helps you to, it's a practice ground. So you can mess up there and you're in a safe place and you're amongst peers who are helping you to grow. So they evaluate your speeches and they give you the good that it's a sandwich effect they give you yeah. the really good and then they give you a little bit of the critique and then they end it on a positive and so mm -hmm. your goal is to take that critique and, and work on those skills so i gave my first speech uh, about five weeks ago that was my icebreaker speech and it was introducing myself to the club it was a four to six minute speech now saturday i've been working since then for five weeks on this next speech and this speech can be about anything I want it to be. So I chose, I chose oh, kind of a, maybe a more advanced way of doing it because I'm using a presentation while I'm going to be doing it. Oh. And I will be use, I'm going, it's kind of a little bit humorous as well as informative. And so I'm really excited. I've been practicing for a while. And so my, um, my better half has, he's a Toastmaster as well. He's president of his club, he's division director, all this other stuff. And there's a mastermind alliance, they call it, where he kind of rounds up people and we all practice with each other before we give it to our clubs. And they critique first so that we can, okay, you know, we get their feedback and then we polish it up some more and then we give it, we deliver it eventually. But I love, love, love this journey. And I, gosh, I'm not doing it because I'm afraid to public speak. I'm really, I'm not afraid to public speak. I don't, I get a little nervous because everybody does. And anybody who says they don't, I don't believe. Because we all have those, they, we all have those little, like the excitement factor of it. Of exactly. And you getting, want to getting do it well. Yes. Exactly. So if you have any pride, then you're going to have a little nerves. And so I, uh, I'm doing it because I, I have a lot of filler words and I can even hear myself now. I'm, training my ear to hear myself saying ums, ahs, repeat words, and, and so all of those I'm trying to really alleviate, get rid of, and learn how to present things spontaneously, because they teach you that too, which is a really 
hard skill to learn. I'm, I'm not an impromptu speaker, but um, I'm learning how to be one. So, cause we do that every week table topics and you just have to speak for two minutes on whatever word they, they give you. You make a speech about it right there. Boom. So it can be about a flower. That's your, that's your word. You got to give a two minute speech now, a beginning, a middle and an end. Do you know, I love that. And that's almost a bit, it's kind of impromptu uh, improv. Uh, yes. Creative. It gets your mind and the synapses and the connections and all the sparks in your mind acting in a different way, doesn't it? Because actually it doesn't matter what you talk about in that particular scenario. The idea is that you've just got to feel confident, trust yourself, because we've got so much information in our heads that we've learned probably from childhood or as we go through. I mean, I listen to my sons they'll retell things in detail from something that they've watched. And I find it absolutely staggering, but we're the same. We're just a bit older and, you know, we don't believe necessarily. Sometimes we've got that same capability, but it's finding that groove again and being creative and carefree with it. I love that Susie. I love yeah, it. It really does tie into the whole creative aspect. And I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm saying that I am 51 and I do take very great care of my body and my mind and my soul. And I do believe that if you do not use your brain, you will lose function in it to a certain extent as you age. And I refuse to let that happen. So this is another way, both of these things, graduate school, as well as learning how to give speeches and prepare them takes a lot of mental focus. And it's a lot of memorization, but also learning how to just be creative in, in, in coming up with these speeches. So there's a lot of that dynamic playing and it's mental exercise is what I would refer to it as. And I think that I would encourage everybody, if you are feeling stagnant, do something that gets you out of your comfort zone. And if it's public speaking or if it's trying to be more creative, this is a great organization because it allows you that safe zone and everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's encouraging you. Do you know, I was going to actually ask you that very question for anyone that's listening. And obviously you and I are very focused on enabling and helping folk to achieve goals, see, you know, their qualities and push through in life. How would you encourage somebody or get somebody or advise somebody to step out of their comfort zone to do that? Because it does take a lot of stuff, doesn't it? You know, if, if you're really not sure about doing something or it's something you've never approached before, you might know if you close your eyes and take a deep breath that actually I want to do that, but making that step, how would you advise somebody or, or support them in doing that? Well, I'll tell you, I once had a job. It's going to be a phrase that I'm going to, that I'm going to okay. use to help people to encourage them next time they feel scared to take a step to, towards something. I had once had a job at a financial firm and I was petrified of having to answer financial questions because I didn't feel qualified to do so, but they would throw me in there with the headset and I'd have to answer these angry broker phone calls. And it was to the point where it was making me physically ill and sick. Like I felt like I just would be completely sick by the end of a phone call. And then one of my colleagues said to me, is anyone going to die from this situation? if you get something wrong. And I said, you know, no one's gonna die from this situation. They might get really angry with me if I mess this up, but will they die from it? No, they won't. Isn't it the worst thing that could happen to somebody you know, in that respect is that you would die from this situation? Yeah. And I said, well, th that's true. So that day she, she wrote this down for me and she taped it onto my monitor. <laughs> Brilliant. 
is anyone going to die from this situation? And so every time after that, I would get on a phone call. I would, it was getting me upset. I would read that. And I'm, I would say to myself, no one is going to die from this situation. I am not performing brain surgery on anybody. I am not doing something that's going to endanger anybody's life. And so if the answer to that question is no, no one's going to die from this situation, then what is there to really fear about it? It's interesting. I draw from my son sometimes or from, I've got friends who, uh, I've got one friend particularly who's got cancer at the moment and I take a lot of inspiration from how she's tackling it. And I just think to myself, if I do find myself in a situation where, oh, I'm I'm not comfortable here because I'm not used to it, I'm not familiar and therefore I feel out of comfort zone. I draw on what she's going through or what her mental state and mindset to carry on with what she's doing and just think to myself really there is nothing that's stopping me from doing this and if you know you mess up you make a mistake you learn from it and next time you'll hone your skills and it'll be different I encourage my boys every single day oh god you can do that come overcome your fear just go for it and one must lead by example yes you know Natalie one of the things that I'm learning is the more you face something that makes you really uncomfortable, the less uncomfortable it makes you over time. Yes. So if you're fearing, let's just take public speaking as an example, and you know, maybe you have to do this for your job and, or you are in school and you have to present your papers in front of a class or you're part of a meeting, online virtual meetings now are all where you're public speaking. And you're front and center stage when you're speaking. Your highlighted box is there. Or maybe you're the only one on the screen. The more you do it, the, le- the more normal it becomes, the less frightening it becomes. But the more you resist it, the more scary it becomes. So I would say to anybody who is fearing something like that, as long as you're not risking your life or anyone else's life, take baby steps, but take some step toward facing that fear because unless you do it's going to haunt you for it it's going to haunt you and it's going to limit you you're going to limit your opportunities in life there is a person who i learned about recently it's a person who started rejection therapy i can't remember his name i saw it on a ted talk and he goes he created a list of 100 items that scares him and or makes him uncomfortable And he went out and said, I'm going to do one of these every single day. And so every single day, he would go out and do one of the items on the list, even if it scared the you know what out of him. He did it. And by like the fifth, the fifth day of doing these things, he he didn't have any more fear. Like it just started to dissolve because he was so used to being rejected. And it was okay because he didn't die from being rejected. And it made him stronger, almost like a coat of armor. Every time he was rejected, another layer, another layer, another layer. And then after a while, he was like, ah, what do I have to lose? The answer is always no, unless I ask it. And yeah. there we go. You're quite right. It is, I was going to say, I bet by the halfway through or even earlier, he was not nervous about going to do anything. It was more, okay, I, I must get up and do these now. Being prepared sometimes if you need to, if that's your level of comfort, if you find comfort in being prepared before you do something, take advice from others. Listen to the wonderful Susie. Uh, you know, speak, well, I was going to say, anyone can ever always contact you or I if they wanted a little, you know, conversation to find some confidence. And, yes. But it's being true to yourself. If it's something you want to do, if it comes from within, you will overcome the steps. 
because you agreed want. to do it. Agreed. Yes. I think when we try to do things that we don't necessarily want to do, perhaps that's, you know, where the motivations come from. But if it's advice, society tells us to, perhaps it's even, you know, history, you've got guidance somewhere along the lines. If you don't want to do it, then you won't enjoy it. And therefore you perhaps might become more fearful. But if it's from inside, yes, you'll have nerves, but you will get there because you want to do it. And, you know, there's a difference. You just made a point there. There is a difference between doing something, do, not doing something because we fear it and not doing something because we actually don't feel passion towards it. And so there, there is a distinction there. And I think it's important if, if, if you're doing something on a daily basis that you think is fear, but maybe it's just like uh, it's loathing whatever you're doing, then that's a whole different conversation. As a matter of fact, my job at that financial firm, yes, that did help me get over the short term to get that paycheck that I needed because that was the only job available at the time. So I needed to like face that uncomfortableness by saying, is anyone going to die from this situation? But after a while, I had to leave that job because that was not good for my soul. So there's, there's a point where you have to make that distinction. Is this really worth facing? Is this something I really want to face? And I think that's the whole question. It's deep down, you know, do you want to face this fear? Because you know that you feel, it's almost like when you're a kid and you're waiting in line on the, at the amusement park and then you decide at the last minute, no, I don't want to do it. And then you stand there in like regret dripping down from you as you're watching your family or friends having a blast on the amusement park ride that you just left because you were afraid, you know, that's something you wanted to do and you were afraid, so you didn't. That's an example of something you should just face. But if it's something that goes against you, goes against your morality and your ethics and your whatever, even your, just your passion, it's bringing you in the opposite direction of where you need to be, then that's, that's when you need to say, okay, this isn't fear. This is just, I don't want to do this because yeah. it's not in alignment with what I want. Yes, exactly that. I love it. So new study, new changes, no books. Oh, oh, well, at the moment, no books. Wait, what did you say? Notebooks or no books? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I do have notebooks. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've got one right here that I've been filling up with notes. No, but no, you're not writing any more books. I mean, I don't want everyone to cry, but you're stopped writing. Okay, so I'm taking a hiatus for an indefinite amount of time. That doesn't mean I'm never going to go back to it. It just means I need a break because I'm out of stories. And here's where I knew that that was happening. When I was in Colombia, South America, I went there, obviously, for a family trip and the trip of a lifetime. But I also was there to research for my next book. And when I came home, I struggled with the idea that that story that I want to tell is not a less fic novel. It's a beautiful family story that's based on my family. And it has nothing to do with less fic. And so that, that's a story I do intend to write. Um, but it's not going to be the, 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 re, the people who are expecting a less fic novel will not get that. It's not going to be a Susie Carr novel. It's probably going to be written under maybe a new pen name um, yeah. just to keep it dis, a distinction. And so that I do believe is going to be the next book I write, but it's not going to be my typical Susie Carr novel. And my, in terms of the next Susie Carr novel, I don't have right now a story in mind because this other one is taking up that, that place. 
So I've had to make some choices. And quite frankly, over the years, the writing industry for me, I can't say this for everybody, but for me has become incredibly saturated, um, competitive, and a place where I once was able to make a living and I cannot. You know, I have a family that needs me, that needs that needs my income. I have um, responsibilities, financial responsibilities. And to spend the 30 or 40 hours a week writing a book where there's no payout uh, doesn't make financial sense from an investment point of view in time. And it's not fair to my family in, in that respect that I, it's, it, my efforts need to, I feel my efforts need to pay out. And unfortunately, that's not happening any longer. Um, torrent sites have taken tens of thousands of my novels. Like people are, they've just stolen tens of thousands of my novels from me. And, oh, no, that's, that's across for everybody. That's for everybody who, who, who's not published with a major publisher. Major publishing houses have the, account, uh, the lawyers to help prevent those types of things. But piracy is a real issue for indie writers. And I've lost an incredible amount of income due to them. So anyway, there are financial reasons I'm, I'm doing this. But also, I do feel creatively, I need to expand on stories that are in my heart right now that are not going to be what people would expect from Susie Carr. And so I do, I'm saying a hiatus because I'm not saying I'm not going to write a Susie Carr, but I do need to take this break to be able to pursue that other story. But also I want to be able to pursue my film. I have a film company, film production company, and I need time to do that. And I need time to study at my graduate school. I need time for my full-time job. And I need time for my family. So it's yeah. a personal decision. Um, you know, ha had the market stayed productive, it, it would make sense for me to continue writing from a financial point of view. But I don't know too many, I don't, I don't know too many people outside of artists, I'm saying, that would work for free. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, and this kind of ties back into what we were saying just a moment ago in order to be successful and in order to push yourself in order to come out of comfort zones, we need to do things that resonate with us. They need to do come from inside mm -hmm. and your head at the moment is at a different kind of novel, which is wonderful. And I will love to read it. Uh, you know, pen name I understand perhaps needs to be different. You need to look after your family. And that really resonates with me, Susie, because, and I imagine with a lot of listeners, actually, COVID has been really unkind to a lot of people not least because of the, the disease and the virus that it is itself in terms of the harm it does to one's body uh, and, you know, in the, the worst case in terms of uh, the death side. But it's been unkind in terms of how we're living because it's affected the economy and it's made everybody have to think in a very different way, be agile, change, do things differently. And that is all possible. And looking at what you're doing, that's exactly how you're approaching it. It's reflecting, isn't it? It's doing things in a different way, but doing it true to ourselves, true to our core, and being able to move forward in order to look after ourselves and our family and the immediacy that we can control. Yes. Than the, you know. Yes, absolutely. That's a wonderful way to put it. Wow. It's been, yeah. 
I mean, even looking at me, I've spent a wonderful few months, but also a crazy few months in terms of the whole, you know, setting up a new business. Yes. You coaching, it's been incredible. So but, happy for you. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Uh, again, it's one of those things. It's something I've reflected on for a long time. I want to help people. So actually going down this road, learning, coaching, seeing the sparkle in someone's eyes when they reach their own goal through sessions with them, it's, it's magical. Oh, I'm so happy. People are so lucky to have you as a life coach. Well, in fact, actually, I'm going to be um, pulling together some webinars and workshops. So I will let everybody know that in due course, which so can come and join and taste oh, yeah. some positivity or something. You, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it should be great. Now, we've got questions. Yes. Got questions you put on the Facebook group. If anyone who hasn't joined who's, who's listening, uh, Susie and I, we've got a Facebook group called live your best life. And it's all about celebrating life, the curves of life, season the day, and, and just a lot of positivity. And it's wonderful. So we've got some questions, right? I'm going to fire this one at you straight away there, Susie. What is the most significant and influential life suggestion that each of, or each of us has received and implemented into our lives? Yes. I thought on this one because there have been many, but the one that resonates the, deep, deep, the deepest with me that I do apply to my life whenever possible is always return something better than you received it. So in other words, it can be as simple as a garden tool. If somebody, if my neighbor lends me a garden tool, you better believe that thing is going to be polished up and returned much better than in the condition I received it in. This also holds true for people, my relationships with people, how, how I treat people. If I'm at a store and somebody is upset and you can see the stress on maybe the grocery clerk's face, if I'm going to be in her presence, I'm going to make sure that I, I try my hardest to leave her in a better state of mind. It could be just a smile. It could be a compliment. It could be a thank you for her service whatever it might be. But that philosophy has really carried me through my life. And I, I, my spouse is the one who taught me that. If, you, if, somebody, if somebody lent him you know, a backhoe, he <laughs> would polish that thing up and so it would look brand new when they, when, oh. when they got it back. And it's just it's something that his father taught him and his grandfather taught his father. And it's just something that has... It's just, he, he's a Marine and that's how a Marine does things. It's, and it's a beautiful philosophy. And I, I've always admired that. And I say, you know, I'm going, I, I do the same thing now. And I really, I really like living by that philosophy. I want to ask you the same question. Cause well, actually the person wanted to ask you the same question. Jeannie wanted yeah. to know, like, same for you. What would you say? So the most uh, significant and influential life suggestions. I think it's got to be to be authentic and that I suppose circles back to everything that we've spoken about today to be authentic brings out the best in you 100% and I've um, some recently some really wonderful individuals that I've been speaking to have you know said it a few more times and it's really it's really gone home with me how much of us or how many of us really trust ourselves and listen mm. to our gut yes. and when you do that you feel a level of peace and a level of I don't know, the energy's right. You just balance correctly and it feels good. So yeah, authenticism. Authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, there you go. 
authentic and um, trust yourself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Brilliant. Okay. Right. Next question from David. Do you have a favorite book, quotation or piece of music you turn to, to lift yourself up when you're feeling down? Yes, I have a book. Um, there is a favorite book. It's an old book. Okay. 1925, it was written. Wow. Napoleon Hill, The Laws of, Succe the Law the Laws of Success. And it is an old book told in times, you have to understand the perspective is of a man from 1925, but the philosophies hold true. So a woman reading the book in today's day and age might, it, it might read as very patriarchal. Okay? okay. Because it's, that's the way the world sort of the lens of the world back then it's used the, 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 the male pronoun is used throughout the book. In other words, and I don't have a problem with that because I know that the frame of reference is 1925. And the book is chock full of life lessons. These 17 laws of success are guiding principles that apply today to anybody. Mm -hmm. And so when I need a refresher, when I need a reminder of knowing my definite purpose in life, treating others, the golden rule, treating others as I want to be treated, things of that sort. I turn to that book, it gives me that, that guidance that I crave sometimes. Love that. I know what you mean when you reference, you've got to take perspective into account when you're reading an older book because they are typically <laughs> male bias in that sense, but there's still some really good stuff in there that's worth reading. No, I like that a lot, that's good. What about you? Right. Okay. So I thought about this and in terms of books, I just like comfort. If right, Let's talk about COVID and that whole time. I couldn't read. I literally couldn't read. So I had to revert back to my favorites and I've got to say Lee Winter. I love her writing. I love her books. It's like getting in a really comfy sofa, you know, I just feel completely I suppose safe because you know what's going to happen, but also the writing just takes you to another place. It's beautiful. So I reread all of hers over COVID actually. Oh, but wow. That, yeah. How nice. She, I bet she would love to hear that. Oh, <laughs> message what a compliment. Mm. Um, but also I like self-help books and I also like coaching books. So Shine by Andy Cope and Gavin. I think it's OT as you pronounce his surname. It's a fabulous book. It's humorous. It's lighthearted but it's got some really fantastic tools in there to apply to your you know, daily life. So I do enjoy that kind of productive self-help. I suppose it fits in that genre, but that sort of book when you, you know, you need to lift yourself up music wise, mm, just anything that's really poppy. <laughs> that's really uplifting. I'll go for yes. every time. Yes. I hear you on that. I love to turn on my, my kitchen Sonos player and dance while I cook. Nice. I usually have Latin music on because oh. uh, my time in South America, I just, oh, I just fell in love with all that music. And so it just brings me back to being in Colombia when I'm cooking in my kitchen. Brilliant. <laughs> because you did salsa as well, didn't you? Or you could do a class. On yes. I yeah. used to, I used to do, I used to take Latin dance lessons for a number of years. And so I learned a bunch of Latin type style dances. Oh. Yeah. This has been really wonderful. It's been so fantastic to catch up with you. Susie and I literally what discussed the other day. Yeah, let's do it. Let's pop it in. I came on air or just before recorded. I said, Susie, I've, I've, I'm not prepared for this, actually. Let's just go for it. And it's wonderful. Isn't it sometimes the best way to do it? 
I know it just flows. Well, conversation with you flows all the time anyway. So it's very, you're very conversation. You're oh, a great good. conversationalist. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're both, yeah, I've had too much caffeine. It's early morning. It's all good. In fact, <laughs> actually, you'll be needing a nap soon. <laughs> I know. You've got two more hours. Be nap time. Thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything you want to close out with for any of the listeners in terms of yeah, tips or just where you're at now? Or I would say just don't be so hard on yourselves out there. It's a, it's a rough world. So many levels. And hold true to your heart, to the people you love and care about. Make sure that you stay in close contact with them. That's really important, even if you are distanced from them. Uh, you know, it's what these, this technology is great for. I have learned that. I have, it's been wonderful. I've been catching up with my family more than I ever have. And I'm really grateful for that. So just, you know, be gentle with yourself. It's a tough time. Don't be so hard on yourself on trying to be perfect or trying to be stronger than you feel you need. You are right now. You're strong enough and just we'll get through all this. Brilliant way to close. Thank you so much for joining me, Susie. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. I love it. (laughs) And thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. Keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. All contact information can be found in the show notes, together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this show, please pop over to seizetheday.simplecast.com where you'll find all of my other shows. Or you can visit me at nmscoaching.co.uk. And from Friday the 17th of July, all of my social handle names will be NMS Coaching. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.